my name is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. And this week, we're looking at Parshat Miketz. Now, Parshat Miketz begins with Paro's dreams. But really, what it begins with is the story of Yosef's elevation into Egyptian royalty and leadership. Now, the reason that it's important to remember that is because we ended the previous Parsha, Vayeshev, on a very negative and foreboding note. The Sar Hamashkim had been released from prison and um, had been, all because, and Yosef had interpreted his dreams while he was in, in prison and told him, you know, you're going to be released, etc. And says, but, you know, but please remember me, please don't forget me. Um, and then the Saramashkim, you know, seems to say, yeah, sure, okay. And, but then it ends on this very sad note, the Lozachar Saramashkim at Yosef, Vishkachehu that the chief cupbearer did not think of Joseph. He didn't remember Joseph and he forgot him, which is really a dun-dun-dun type of ending. It's a very sad ending because what it says is Yosef's going to stay in prison indefinitely. The one chance he had to get out, the, that person forgot him entirely. And so really what the beginning of Miketz is about is Paro's dreams, but Paro's dreams is a vehicle to get Yosef out of prison. And thankfully, as we, I discussed last year in our podcast, the Saramashkim, once he sees that Paro was vexed by these dreams and no one can figure them out, he finds the wherewithal, the strength in himself to remind Paro that one time he'd been in prison and then he'd met this young guy who interpreted the dreams and then Paro fetches him, of course, and we know that Yosef interprets them in a way that Paro finds pleasing. And then Paro says, great, you're hired, essentially. Um, and, and, and Yosef's out of prison and we say, woo, that chapter is done. And that whole scene really is a woo moment. It's a huge sigh of relief. Yosef, you know, we, we, were, we knew Yosef was in prison. He's had this horrible time. He's had all these lows. And now we all get to say, thank God he's gotten out of prison. And not only has he gotten out of prison, but he effectively becomes Paro's number two. And then we say, look, we're so proud. This is amazing, right? Like Yosef's, his, his skill and um, his endowment of, of a sense of prophecy almost that from God has enabled him to rise up. And we feel really proud when we see that featured. But I wanted to actually look at the scene when Paro chooses to elevate Yosef for a minute more closely and with a more critical eye. And so we are in chapter 41. And Yosef says, when he, when he interprets these dreams, he adds, you should, by the way, you should hire someone really smart um, in order to set up this plan and figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to store up grain for seven years from the seven years of plenty so that you will have enough during the seven years of famine. And then Paro says, oh, good. You seem like you're a smart guy. So you're hired. Now, then Paro says something very interesting. So we're in chapter 41, verse 40. And Paro says, not only are you the smartest, you're the smartest one, you have the most insight discerning is what the JBS says. But you shall be in charge of my court and by your command shall all my people be directed only with respect to the throne shall I be superior to you. And then in the next verse, See, I put you in charge of all the land of Egypt. 
And then he removes his ring from his hand, puts it on um, Yosef's hand, and dresses him up in big day sheish, in these fancy linens, and puts a gold chain around his neck. And not only that, he then heads him right on the chariot of his second in command. And they cried before him, Avrech. And thus the Pasuk says, Venatonoto al Kol Eretz Mitzrayim. He placed Paro placed Yosef over all the land of Egypt. Amazing, amazing scene. And then Paro says one more thing. Vayomer Paro el Yosef, Ani Paro, Uviladecha lo yarim ish et yado ve'et raglo bechol Eretz Mitzrayim. Paro said to Yosef, I am Paro, yet without you, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. So this is amazing. I am Paro, but you, you really have the full say. You, no one moves, no one does a thing without your consent. So like I said, this seems to be a big relief moment. It's like, it, it not only it's relief for Yosef, but it's also a source of pride for us. And we have this very, very powerful empire of Paro. And here now Yosef, someone from our people, has ascended, has climbed the ranks until the very number two spot. We're beaming with pride at the fact that Yosef has made it. But we also know that it's this position that we need to be a little wary of Paro. I think Paro plays a very interesting role in Sheets because we know what happens in Shmot. Now, of course, it's a different Paro, but it's still an Egyptian king who does terrible, terrible things to the Israelites and becomes the, the arch-villain. But here, is Paro a good guy or a bad guy? Now, it seems here that Paro is a good guy. It's the brothers who've thrown Yosef in the pit and Paro who has elevated him out. But at the same time, there's foreshadowing also to the negativity of Paro and the the uh, the negativity of Egyptian society. And I actually think here in this great moment of relief, you see this very pronounced. Now, like we said, Yosef has just, I mean, Paro has just said to Yosef, you're going to be in charge of everything. Here's these fancy linens. Here's this gold chain. Here's this chariot. You're going to ride out and everyone's going to shout Avrech before you. But this little scene is bookended by two interesting statements of Paro. So he opens with, Right? You're going to be in charge. Everyone's coming straight to you. But it's only with regard to the throne that I shall be superior to you. And as we also said, he concludes this, state, this section by saying, I am Paro. Yet without you, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all of Egypt. So let's look for a minute. If we can take our, if we can set aside our, our feeling of relief and gratitude to Paro for rescuing Yosef, what is Paro saying here? What Paro is really essentially saying is, you're going to do my job. You're going to do it better than anyone else could. And I think he's even saying better than I could, which means you're going to be totally in charge. But he opens and closes with a reminder that what? That he is still Paro, that he is still the king. In the beginning, it's only with respect to the throne, and I'm going to be superior to you. And at the end, it's Ani Paro, um, but I am Paro without you. No one's going to be able to do anything. So let's take a, let's pause here for a minute. Paro looks at Yosef and recognizes enormous talent, enormous skill, and says, I've got to have this guy on my side. And how does he get him on his side? He says, you're going to have all the power, 
You're going to make my decisions for me, but I'm still going to be the king. Now, again, we're so relieved because Yosef's alternative of staying in prison was so much worse. But we also have to remember to think critically about this moment and see what Paro is really doing here. And I think if we think critically, we see a big warning sign emerge, which is Paro's really saying, I recognize that you could do this job better than I could. And you're going to do the job, but I'm still going to be the king, right? I'm still going to be the one in charge. I'm still going to be the one with the title. He doesn't say I want decision-making skills. He says, I just want the title of the power. And in fact, that's exactly what the Bechor Shor says. He says, Raka kisei, hakol yasu mitzvotecha kemitzvoti. Ella she'ekra melech. Everyone's going to do your commands just like they would do my commands, but rather, what's the one difference? They're going to call me king, right? Or I'm going to be called king. He's literally what the Bechor Shor is saying is your commandments and my commandments are going to be equal in weight, but I'm going to have the title. I get to be the one called king, and you don't get that title. And I think that this is very, very powerful what we see happening here. Because the message is that Yosef can have the authority, he can have the wisdom, he can have the glory of the the robes and the necklaces and the chariots and all that. But for Paro, the deciding factor, the deciding difference between him and Yosef is the title. It's who actually gets to be called king, who gets to sit on the throne. And this is very, very important. You may see where I'm going based on what we've been seeing in in politics in the past week or so, where we've seen that that there was someone who came out and wrote a piece challenging the idea that other people should have titles, or challenging specifically that people should be called doctor if they're not medical doctors, if they've done um, dissertations on certain topics, and was very dismissive and said that people really, you know, if you've really done the good work, you don't insist on needing a title. And this was a way to dismiss a woman who build, who has earned tremendous academic accomplishments and pointing to a bunch of men who have also earned tremendous accomplishments and saying, well, they haven't insisted on having a title and saying, therefore, she shouldn't either. Which was a deeply, deeply problematic thing to say because it fails to recognize the power dynamics and the power discrepancies that are at play in our society. And yeah, you do, you, it, it's like saying you only need a title if you don't actually deserve one. But really, that's not what was happening here. I think what was happening is people are recognizing that you can do all the work, but if you don't have the title, people don't confer the same level of respect upon you, even if you deserve it. And I think it's really, really interesting here to see this in the context of this week's Parsha, that Paro saw that the only difference between him and Yosef was the fact that Paro had the title of king and Yosef did not. And that was enough to make Paro feel like his power was not being threatened. And you know what? He is totally correct. Yosef ends up having to do all of Paro's dirty work for him with handing out the rations, etc. He's the one who's going to get all the blame. And he's also the one whose name does not become eternal because you just have to open up Shmote, which we'll do in a few weeks, and see. Guess what? The name Paro lasts for many generations. You know what name doesn't last? The name of Yosef. Because the new Paro looks at the Israelites and he doesn't know Yosef is literally what the text says. He doesn't remember. And so he looks at the Israelites and he sees a threat 
And therefore, that's what enables him to suppress the Israelites and be and turn transform them into slaves. And I think that this all really combined sends that very, very powerful message. Not that we should only care about titles, God forbid. That's not what I'm saying at all. You have to do the work. But what Paro is demonstrating is that you don't what he what he shows is the worst of this. That you don't have to do the work. You don't have to 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 stand to really actually have the wisdom to be able to execute a plan. But as long as you have the title and the power, that's okay. Yosef is the flip of that. He shows that you can do all the work. You can be the smartest person. You can be the best politician. You can be the best leader. But if you don't have a title, that role is really not going to be fully recognized. And it's not going to be respected. And it will be forgotten. And this reminds us that one without the other really is not good. A title without substance, let's get you paro. But the substance without the title gets you forgotten within a few generations and steamrolled by the person who remains in power. And I think that this is a, just a really important reminder and a lesson for us. Then, or for someone to be a good leader, they need to, of course, have sus- substance. But they also need that title if it's one that they've earned and one that they've deserved. And that's what makes a real leader and I think actually creates so transformation in society and genuine deep respect, which the beginning of Shemot demonstrates is the opposite what happened. So I hope that this, this helps serves as a, an elucidation and another perspective on issues happening right now in real time in our society and reminds us that it's not just important to have substance, but then totally uh, diminish yourself and your sense of standing in a community. No, in order to really be effective and long lasting, you should have both and you deserve both. Good Shabbos.